This week's message, given by Pastor Stephen Yun at the Sunny United Methodist Church, May 16, 2021. The message is, what to do when you feel disconnected, based on 1 Kings 19, 9-18 and Acts 2, 42-47. Let us pray. Loving, gracious God, we give you thanks and praise for this beautiful day that you created. We thank you for this wonderful opportunity to come together as a church family and worship. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So the other day, I saw a cartoon that shows a man and woman sitting on a table in a restaurant. A man was watching his cell phone, and a woman is looking at him and says, Do you mind if I strap your phone to my forehead so I can pretend you're looking at me when I talk to you? Sounds familiar? A recurring conversation I find myself... Excuse me. Hear some feedback. I don't know if where it's coming from. A recurring conversation I find myself a part of is whether technology has marked the end of connecting with others or opened up a new way to connect that would not have been possible in the past. Yes, we all feel disconnected at times. And some of us may experience it more frequently than others. Especially with the things going on in our world, in our life. The truth is that everyone experiences it at some point of their life journey. We feel lonely and disconnected when we are in isolation. And we experience it enough through this health crisis. The current research suggests that we humans do suffer without the deep human connections. But how do we define a deep, true connection? How does it differ from, say, a Facebook connection? How connected are we really during this time? Technology has absolutely been instrumental in shifting our world to become what it is today and to help us to stay connected. Because of technology, we are able to get in touch with our friends and family members, co-workers across the globe, even in the midst of our fight against viruses. What you need is just a touch of a button and you seem more connected to the world around you. As a pastor, I'm so grateful for the use of technology that has enabled us to do ministry even when we were not able to be together in person. But I have to confess that sometimes I experience a, experience a sense of disconnect when I'm surrounded by many people in small squares on the screen 
And I hear some of, the, some of our church family talking about feeling disconnected. Even if they are highly wired and connected to others by all the communication technology, such as smartphone, FaceTime, Zoom, with people around us in person or online, we may never be alone, but still feel disconnected and desperately lonely. You might have so many phone numbers saved in your smartphone, including family members and friends and co-workers. You might have a couple of hundred Facebook friends, friends in social media, but were there times when you felt that you had no one to turn to or to pour out your heart, to share your real struggle what comforts us is that this is what our Lord Jesus Christ also experienced in his life and ministry. Since Jesus began his ministry, he had been misunderstood and mistreated by people. Of course, he was almost always surrounded by people, a large crowd of people. But he experienced a sense of isolation, disconnect, even from his own disciples. In the Gospel of Matthew 8, Jesus says, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. There are times in our lives when you feel like no one knows how you are feeling inside. You know, people just go about their business not knowing you are hurting or struggling so much inside. You feel like you are the only one left in this world. I am the only one left. These words from the prophet Eliza were spoken in a quite different context of life, but it speaks to us. We resonate with Eliza who felt and acted as if he was all alone. Eliza had seen both the king's court and the priest become corrupt. He thought that he was the only one who was still true to God and to what God called him to do. But you know what? That wasn't true. That wasn't true. God already had a plan and reserved 7,000 faithful souls, the knees that had been bowed to God Bar, the Canaanite God. Isolated and disconnected, Eliza forgot that others had remained faithful during the nation's wickedness. What we should note Though here, here is though that it wasn't the first time Eliza said these words. In chapter, we read the chapter 19, but in chapter 18, verse 22, Eliza said to the crowd of the people watching the battle of the prophets, he says, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left. But Bar has 450 prophets. Eliza was thinking and believing the same thing even before his episode of burnout. 
In other words, it wasn't his burnt-out experience that made him feel disconnected, though it might have made it worse. He was already feeling disconnected, isolated before facing that challenge. In his book, Harry Newoff talks about our strange 21st century paradox. Why so many people feel so alone in this hyper-wired world? We've never been more connected. We've connected to more people than ever before through smartphones, social media. We've never felt more alone at the same time. And that's the paradox. As a culture, the more connected we have become, the more isolated we have grown. We might point our finger at communication technology, at criticize its dark side. We put the blame on things other than ourselves. But what Carrie points out in this book is that this is not a new problem. Couples and families had trouble connecting, communicating for generations before smartphones came out and before video games captured the mind of young people. Disconnect, distance between people is an age-old problem, a problem that began long before we got our device in our hands. What technology did was to reveal and amplify what was already there. It didn't create these issues. And I agree with this insight that what we are facing is not a technology problem, but a human problem. We have a problem of connecting to one another. As humans, we are social beings. This means we are naturally long for relationships. We search for connections. But sometimes we are also faced with our, with our own propensity to relationally disconnect, distance ourselves from others, whatever the reason. That's kind of voluntary disconnection as opposed to involuntary disconnection generated by the COVID. I do not know whether the pandemic made that propensity to disconnect worse or not, but what I know is that it became a lot easier for people to do so under this current circumstance. As a result, what a lot of people are missing is a genuine relationship, a deep connection, a genuine conversation that mutually enriches each other. Help them to grow with care and empathy. The question is, how can we recover a genuine conversation? How can we better connect, reconnect with each other? Especially after a year of this pandemic. What are we called to do as Christians? What are we called to do when we feel disconnected from each other? Again, I would like us to pay attention to how God ministers to Eliza, the prophet Eliza, who was experiencing a sense of disconnection and isolation. Remember last Sunday we talked about the experience of his burnout, which diminishes his passion 
productivity, commitment. We talk about the experience of burnout, the kind of experience that when you feel drained constantly without being refueled, the small things make you disproportionately emotional and exhausting, like a candle turtling. The good news we heard from the story was that God cared for Liza and ministered to him by sending him the angel, providing him with food, lots of rest, sleep. Eliza was able to experience renewal as he got reengaged, reconnected gradually to the ultimate source of power and strength. In the midst of these wilderness times, God showed up in the silence and asked, What are you doing here? What are you doing here? This is a question that God asked Eliza. God asked him this same question twice according to the book of 1st King. You know, in the Bible, we see God asking questions. Do you know what the first, what the first question God asked in the Bible is? Anybody? I think I heard somebody say, where are you exactly? Where are you? Was the first question God posed to humanity. Interestingly, this question came at a crisis point between human beings and God. We know the story in the book of Genesis after Adam and Eve disobeyed God. In the same way, the question God poses to Eliza comes at a crisis point. Think about the last time you asked the question. What was the question? You know, we ask questions when we don't understand things. By asking questions, we are actually facing an opportunity to learn someone or something new and gain deeper insights. Asking questions is a relational pursuit in a sense. Why would then God ask questions? Why would God ask humans questions? I believe it's because God wants to enter into a conversational relationship with us. Our God wants to have a genuine conversation. And God knows a genuine conversation cannot happen without questions. God shows God's deep desire for deep connection by asking us questions. Trevor Hudson, a Methodist minister, pastoral therapist in South Africa, realized one day that he had approached God and the Bible from a wrong direction. It was as if God said to him, Trevor, rather than you always asking questions of me, start listening to the question that I have for you. The insight was a critical turning point in his journey with God. The question from God in the Bible are the question that God asked the people of faith throughout the generations. So when we hear the questions as a, when we hear the question as addressed to us, we come to understand what conversation God wants to have with us. 
Our response to God's question draws us into a relationship of deeper intimacy and connection with the Lord. And that's what God does for Eliza when he was experiencing a deep sense of disconnect, isolation. What are you doing here? God asked Eliza. Friends, what are you doing when you feel disconnected? We know putting down your smartphone wouldn't solve a, solve, solve a problem. If you're currently experiencing a sense of disconnect or isolation, I invite you to take this same question as addressed to you as the child of God. Certainly this is not a question to criticize or condemn you. This is a question to encourage you and call you to act, to discern and act in faith. What's interesting about Elijah's response is that he's talking and complaining about others. Though the question is about what he is doing. How many people do you know who seem to be stuck in situations that they don't really want? They feel trapped in living situations that are far less than what they are hoping. They feel trapped in disconnected relationship or jobs. The list goes on and on. But rather than begin thinking about what they can do and making changes for the better, they choose to stay in, the, in their misery as they complain about it. Many people are walking through life disconnected from their true selves and others and from God. At a certain point, however, our past experience, our past negative circumstances should stop defining our present, our future. At a certain point, our adverse circumstances have to stop functioning as excuses. It doesn't mean that we ignore our past and pretend as if nothing happened. What I mean is that instead of using those experiences as excuses for not doing, not acting, we need to see those pivotal moments in our lives as reasons or explanations that can lead to change and transformation. Just like we heard from Melanie this morning. Please note Elijah's response, his language after the question from God was the language of excuse and justification, not the language of explanation. When we do so, we come to realize how self-observed, how self-focused we are. We come to see others and take an interest in them more than in ourselves, which is a small form of dying to ourselves something very close to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what God helps Eliza to realize. God asks him this probing question and help him to see what he is doing. And reminds him that there are 7,000 people around surrounding him. He's not alone. He is with this faithful people of God behind, behind him. And see what God does 
for Eliza, God redirects Eliza to go, return on his way to the wilderness of Damascus. You know, Damascus, geographically, it's in the north. The opposite direction from the journey that Eliza had been, has been taking. There God tells Eliza to bless, anoint, a new leaders. The new political leaders. He will also anoint his own successor, Elisha. Oh, Elisha. What does God hear? God reconnects Eliza to new people. Reconnect him to a new mission. And he follows the word of God. Friends, this is one of the things God calls us to do when we feel disconnected. Not only to find a community to connect, but also to find a way to bless others. This morning we also read a passage from the book of Acts. It's about early church Christians who met daily for worship and fellowship. We know the story. These early Christians committed themselves to learning the Word of God, having the common meal, the prayers. They had a life together. Why did they meet so often? What brought them together every day as a congregation? You know, there were many excuses. There were many excuses these first century Christians could take for not gathering. Given the social environment that they are facing. But it was their longing desire for deeper connection and relationship with God. And with their fellow Christians. Remember last Sunday I used the candle tunneling as an example of what we experience when we lead up to burnout. And do you know how to fix a tunneling candle? There are many ways I googled it. There are many ways to fix it. But one of the ways I tried, I found helpful, was to put a small candle inside. And light the candle so it would help with tunneling. Friends, like this tunneling candle, we need our Savior, we need each other to overcome a sense of disconnect, isolation that we are facing in our lives. As Christians, we believe, we believe that when we join our lives with authentic relationships through authentic, genuine conversations, we can better encourage one another to live according to Jesus' example and continue to grow in the journey to wholeness. God called you to be in this community of faith, friends. God called you because God wants you to experience a real, a deep sense of connection, a sense of transformation, a sense of purpose in your life. The question from God the question that God asked Eliza is before us this morning. What are you doing when you feel disconnected? I invite you to do your best 
to stay connected. Stay connected to our worship and fellowship, whether in person, online. Stay connected through participating in small groups. Commit yourself to staying connected through engaging in mission, the way of blessing others. May God bless you with a deep sense of connection and relationship each day. Amen.